welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and I am joined, as I am every week, by Mr. Shane Reeves. Busy day, big day, everything going on here in the shop, everything going on at work. Have you noticed that just the energy seems a little hotter than usual? Yeah, I, th- I think... Uh, in all aspects of people I've been around today, everyone just seems to be up energy right now. Yeah, it just seems, I, I don't know if it's the lunar cycles, the solar cycles, that it's springtime, or what's going on. Well, I, I'm going to tell you just right off the bat, I've been an emotional wreck today. Today is my daughter's 10th birthday. I officially have a 10-year-old. My kid is in double digits. And so I've been going back through... And seeing all these pictures of her as a baby, and it's just like, God, time goes so, so fast. They, Everyone tells you, oh, it goes by quick, blink and you'll miss it, and they are right. And I just didn't expect it to hit me quite as hard as it did today. Well, the days are long, but the years are short. Yeah, and oh, it, oh, absolutely. That's real, that, real, that phrase I heard years ago, and it really sums up a lot of life. Mm-hmm. So let's fire up our cigars. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to have a consult. I'll pay your fee. Okay. And I'll. So I'm smoking tonight an LFD Factory Press. A friend of ours just gave this to me. It's a um, special edition LFD. It's an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper over Ecuadorian Sumatra binder and Dominican fillers. So here's my question. <clears throat> Do I V-cut, do I straight cut, or do I punch? Well, it's a box press, so by your admission, you typically punch those. I do, but this, rather than being... This is far more rectangular than square. I don't know how it would take to the punch. Well, that's still... I mean, I don't think of a box press as necessarily being square. I think anything with, with corners, I think, classifies. But that may have some. It's almost a pseudo... It's a very light box press. Well, and that's what's interesting is the description says tightly pressed into a perfectly square, wonderfully dishes cigar. Yeah, that's that's definitely not the case here. Yeah, it's a little thinner at the back than it is at the at the top. Uh huh. It's not, you know, I've I've smoked box presses you could shave with. This ain't that, but I'm excited to smoke it. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Oh, absolutely. I've heard phenomenal things about that cigar. I haven't. The price point has kept me away from it. I'm going to be honest. It's it's pricey. Yeah, the side I'm looking at says Factory Press 2017, five-pack, $67.95. So that's, that's not bad. That's 12 14 bucks a smoke. Yeah, that's 12 14 online price. So uh, yeah. by the time you get into a brick and mortar, you're looking at $15.16. Well, and that's is, what I've seen it for, at least. This is actually the seventh Factory Press. Um, they had Factory Press 1, 2, 3, Factory Press Limitado. And I think they finally just gave up and called this one the Factory Press. Yeah. So I'm interested to try it. I'm, I don't think I'm going to punch it, though. I don't feel a punch on this, and I'm thinking it's a V. I think a V-cut would do that well, and I'm looking at the way the cap is attached on it, and you might go lengthways with it even. That's, I was wondering about doing the platypus. Yeah, that's where I would go with it. All right, we're going to V-cut the platypus, and if it don't work and it ruins the cigar, it's Trey's fault. That's fine. I can handle that. Uh, so while you're getting that done, I'm going to talk about my cigar a little bit. I'm, I'm going back to a well that I haven't really talked about in a while. Uh, I'm hitting the Oliva um, brand. I, I, you know, Austin's got his first anniversary party coming up in about two weeks, at uh, May 18th, I want to say. And so he's, he's raffling away a, a grill, and he's got a whole bunch of specials and things like that. And, and Oliva's going to be the manufacturer of choice here that night. So he's got a lot of stuff going on in lead up to that. So I just kind of wanted to dip my toe back into the Oliva waters. This is the Series O, so it is a Nicaraguan Puro, and it's got a um, sun-grown Habano wrapper, so it's very, very flavorful. It's, you know, I fell in love with this cigar, or I re-fell in love with it about this time last year, I guess it was, when I, or, or right after the show when I was having some of their new stuff. I remembered how much I liked Oliva, and then I kind of walked away from it through the winter months, so I'm excited to get back to it. I'm smoking the Churchill tonight, which here retails for about $9.99, but you can get the Robustos is a fantastic cigar, under even under $8. The price and participation may vary, but you can usually get one right around that. Oliva is a solid smoke. <clears throat> Oliva is 
they're always going to be a certain level of quality to an Oliva smoke. It can be expected that is consistent. Now, here's the here's the catch to me. You know, everybody in the cigar business will say consistency, consistency, consistency. Uh-huh. But I'm okay if it's good most of the time and great occasionally. I just don't want the occasional one that you can't draw using, you know, a, a vacuum cleaner. I definitely want it. But Oliva's always going to be consistent. It's a good solid choice for the first an- or second anniversary party. Yeah, it, it's got a great following. And there's something for everybody. If you like, I mean, if you like the Padron Anniversary Series, that Milanio is the closest thing you can get to it. And it's about the same price. And I know you, you and I have talked about for that money, I'm going Padron. But I really think dollar for dollar, I think it's as good a cigar. I think it, it absolutely belongs in that price point. That Milanio is, is, a, is an aged version of the Serie V which is the boldest, most flavorful line that they make. But you can go all the way down to the Serie G, which is a Connecticut wrapper, which has a lot of flavor for a Connecticut. And they just, they really hit everyone's palate very, very well. They do. Oliva really seems to, and even the Gilberto Olivas that just come out this year were excellent. I really enjoyed those cigars. So there is something there for everybody. I had one of those for lunch yesterday, actually. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I just fired up this LFD box press, and I did go the platypus cut, which seems to be feeling well. And interesting flavor coming out of the gate. There's there's more Sumatra in this cigar than any cigar I've ever put in my mouth. Really? I can tell you know how that yeah that front of your tongue tingle you get from Sumatra. This is really rolling that on me. Now that may just be the initial draw. Yeah, but still, I mean, they're they're known for packing a lot of punch in their cigars, and by all accounts and the reviews I've seen, this one's no different, so it doesn't surprise me at all that that's what you're getting out of it. Yeah, on the front end, I'm definitely, I'm feeling the burn. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. But you know, Ecuadorian tobacco really has been coming a long ways for me. Yeah, that's not something good. that you were a huge fan of maybe about six months ago until we started smoking more cigars that just had it in it. It seems like that it's becoming the blending tobacco of choice. You don't see many Ecuadorian puros. No, I, I don't think their like leaves good, allow that very well. May not. But you do see a lot of Ecuadorian <laughs> Habano. That's starting to creep up a lot. And then, you know, the Camacho Ecuador being a perfect example of that came out onto the scene about four or five years ago and was the first real true marketed Ecuadorian cigar that I remember seeing. And really uh, painted my view of what an Ecuadorian cigar can be. And it's not Ecuadorian origin, but uses that Ecuadorian wrapper. And I, I, and I fell in love with it instantly. Well, I will say, if I was writing the synopsis of my year in cigars, Brazilian and Ecuadorian both would get pretty top, pretty top billing as far as this year has gone. Yeah, see, for me, it, it's been, at least so far, uh, it's been the year of the Dominican. And, you know, I have I bought a box of Avo Heritage about three weeks ago, I guess it was. And I've already, I'm already down to, like, maybe eight left. I mean, I am blowing through that box. And it just, I'm really enjoying the heck out of it. Such a good cigar. It's so hard not to just, there's cigars in my humidor that when they're in my humidor, I just think, why would I smoke anything else? Yeah. You know, and you, and you say, well, I smoked a Heritage yesterday, and I smoked a Heritage the day before. Maybe today I smoked something different. Mm, and then no. inevitably you reach and get a um, Heritage. Yeah, and, I mean, that's that's exactly it. it. The other thing that's really nice about it is that because it's gotten so nice and we're into spring and, and the days are warmer and the nights are not getting as cold, so I've been spending a lot of time on the patio smoking at the end of the day. And as soon as I light up that Avo, my girlfriend's like, I really like the way that one smells. And, and I've smoked now probably a box worth of cigars around her, if not more. And that one, every time I light it up, she's gotten to the point where she knows that it's an Avo because of how good it smells to her. So I, I, that really helps, too. It's a very crowd pleaser, very much a crowd pleaser. So this week in cigar news, let's talk for a minute about this since I just ashed my cigar on my iPad. Um, A bill to ban online tobacco purchase fails in Hawaii. Okay. What? Wait, wait, wait a minute. 
So Hawaii, who has no chief export and is the most expensive state in the union to live, was trying to ban online sales. How many, how many cigar shops could there possibly be in Hawaii anyway? Well, Ma- maybe a dozen? Well, I'm just, I'm, it blows my mind what numb nuts of a congressman said, hey, here's what we need to handle in Hawaii. Fellas, listen. I know the, Uh-oh, he's getting on the soapbox. I know the volcano's burning our island to the ground right now. I know that we live every day on an active volcano. Um, you can't get reelected on volcano politics, though. Is that, is that the problem? Yes, yes. It's, that's always the problem. Anytime you look at tobacco legislation, it's almost always brought by someone who's up for re-election. Well, it wins votes among concerned parents, among people who just don't like the smell, among people that really just would rather have their nose in your business than their own. It, it wins votes. And so, yeah, I mean, natural disasters and, and things are of actual importance like economy, those things don't win, real, don't win elections. Interesting. Well, and okay... Let's say that virgins are probably less available now than they've ever been, so the volcano thing's got to be getting to be a bigger issue. And I think Tom Hanks is otherwise engaged. Yeah, so there's it's probably a little bigger issue now than it was at one time. Right. Which I'm firmly convinced that how that started was late one Friday night. Hey, honey, Mahalo Hollow is uh, it's rumbling, and you are the chief's daughter. Well, I'd hate to be the only virgin in this village come tomorrow morning. <laughs> a little smoke starts coming out of that thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how that all occurred. But anyway. It was, it was all just a matter of game. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that's right. I, th- I, think, I think some genius came up with the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate closer. Hey, just saying, I don't want to be the only virgin in this village tomorrow morning if I'm a lady. <laughs> well, but then by that statement, the, it was the opposite problem It was that happens in horror movies. Because it's always the virgin that survives in the horror movies. Well, there's that. But... As with everything, I read this on the surface and I thought, well, no wonder it failed because only an idiot would try to ban tobacco sales in Hawaii, online tobacco sales in Hawaii. But once you dig deeper, you get to the heart of it. It comes back to the same thing that is starting to become the bane of cigar smokers, vaping. Really? This was part of a bill they wanted to increase. Now, check this out. They wanted to increase... The dealer's license for a vape shop from $2.50 to $250. Wait, like a, a month uh, per sale? Like $2.50 to get a, a license to run a vape shop? To run a vape, to run a vape shop. Okay. To $250 because vaping's still not concerned, you know, still not acquired a controlled substance. Right. But So that just blows my mind, though. Like, what does it take? What is the business license to open, like, a, a pet grooming shop or a restaurant? Like, $2.50 to get a business license seems ludicrous on, on its face. Well, $2.50 this is, seems like it would be what you would expect it to be anyway. I misrepresented. This is $2.50 if you're a tobacco store to take on vaping. Okay, okay. So $250 if you're a tobacco so store. So it's more to like them. a stamp. It's like the, the trout stamp on your, on your hunting and fishing license kind of thing. But this is what is happening to cigars, is everybody is trying to get vape, trying to legislate vape, and they say, wait, these vape guys ain't got no money. Yep. They're, they're out in their garage with a garden hose and a box of essential oils making vape oil, and they have no money. But cigars, ah, oh, cigars have money. Right. So let's attach these two things together so that we can rob the cigar retailer in the process under the guise of regulating vape. But doesn't that seem like a fairly simple solution, which is just if you're a cigar shop owner in Hawaii, you just don't sell vape. Which, I mean, when vape first came out, or first gained popularity, rather, maybe eight years ago or so when it was when I first I, I saw it in a lot of cigar shops it was fairly common sight these days now that dedicated vape shops are opening up you don't see them in cigar shops anymore well and you know the fact that us cigar smokers harass vape guys mercilessly well and I think a case in point is I was in the bathroom at work today and I saw a sign 
that had just been someone they just put a sign up today that said it's against company policy to vape indoors. So I feel like in 2018, do you really have to worry about people smoking where they're not supposed to? Like we all get it, right? We don't smoke indoors because we know that that's against the rules. But these idiots who vape, I'm alienating some of our listeners, I'm sure. But the people who vape... Don't worry, they're all going to die of cervical cancer. Especially the dudes. Jesus. (laughs) So... (laughs) But because it's not smoke, right? Oh, it's just water vapor. I can do it inside and I can get away with it because what I want to do is more important than anything else. I'm painting with such broad strokes, but it really just chaps my ass, the fact that there are people who... You don't smoke inside. Why would you think it's okay to vape inside to the point that my company, who, who I can only name three or four people who vape in the office, are, are apparently going into the bathroom? And are we going to have to do like they do on the airplanes where it's a federal offense to tamper with, disable, or destroy any yeah. <laughs> smoke detector? But like, I just don't get it. Well, so in conjunction with that, because I don't want to continue to, to vape a dead horse, um, the next thing I've got is there were actually three of the ANPRMs released by the FDA at the same time. B- before we totally move on, though, you mentioned that we didn't actually talk about the uh, the online piece of that. How did the online sales get wrapped into that bill? Because that's that's what they brought it under the heading of is, oh, you know, Billy can go on, order cigars online and click that, yes, he is 18. So it was all wrapped into that bill, but it was separate right. language. Okay, right. I was thinking that maybe it somehow was universal language that encompassed all of it. It was just all part of that one. Okay. It's, okay. it's the cigarette machine theory. You know, everybody, we had to get rid of cigarette machines because kids could go drop a quarter in and buy a pack of cigarettes. So that it's the same principle that they were trying with the online retailers. Yeah. Thankfully, it failed. I can't imagine a logical human being that would vote for that. Well, I mean, so many states in the country anyway, you can buy wine and, and liquor online and, and beer and all kinds of other stuff. And the, the whole thing is that you just has to have a, a, an adult over the legal age to sign for the package when it arrives. That's all you have to do with cigars. There is nothing more motivated than the human animal when they want something. And it's turned up threefold when you tell them they can't. Exactly. If your kid wants to smoke, guess what? You're not going to stop that. Right. And uh, your best bet is to start when they're young. Yeah. And the harder you make it on them, the more they're going to push back. Yeah. You're not going to stop that. All you can do is live in such a way as if they'll say, okay, that's not what I want to do. Or if that's what is what they want to do, I'm going to do it in moderation. I'm going to control it. That's always... As a general rule, forbidding something is the worst way to keep it from happening. Right. You know, I was talking to somebody recently about um, about alcohol, and, and, you know, so many kids go to college, and, and, you know, they grew up in a house where it was strictly verboten, and it was, it was, this, it was the devil's juice, and it was all this stuff. They get to college, and they just like, woohoo, let's party, because it's all of a sudden, like, it's, it's the same principle. Well, and I can tell you, if you don't believe me, here's my life. I'm a 42-year-old man that's never been drunk. I can have a drink anytime I want one, and I cannot care if I have another one whenever. And the reason for that is... Hold, hold on. Just, just tread lightly. When I was of age, 16, 17, and Dad seen my curiosity and stuff like that, he said, Hey, son, if you want to have a beer... Let's mean you go have a beer whenever you want it. You just let me know, and I'll go sit down and have a beer with you. And me and Dad went and sat down and had a beer. I didn't care for it, but it was never a, I'm, I'm going to tan your hide if I catch you having a beer. No, that right. was never part of the policy at all. And to me, that is the superior way to handle it. My brother is the same way as I am. He had the same deal with Dad, worked the exact same way. It will work. All you have to do is provide the information. In, in general, yes. Well, Obviously, no. you know, there, there are some other things at play there. Well, there are some genetic factors yeah. that do come into play. Yeah, because you were never going to be an alcoholic. Even, even if he had approached it a different way, you were never going to be an alcoholic. But you, you just don't care for it. 
and and I wonder how much of that is just who, I mean most of that's who you are and a lot of it has to do with how you how you were you're brought into it because the thing is I grew up in a family where my parents drank wine with every meal like I was around it at all the time growing up and I didn't see and to that point when I got to college I didn't have my first drink of alcohol until my spring break of my freshman year in college like I even made it through that whole first semester because it just wasn't it wasn't that huge like the lifting of the veil kind of thing so yeah. I don't know I, I just by and large forbidding something will only make your children do it mm-hmm. Forbidding something will only make your wife do it. Forbidding something will only make your husband do it. It is the human nature that when you forbid something, we want nothing more than to do that thing. Absolutely. So, the three AMPRMs that were released by the FDA, because we talked about the one about the premium cigar exemption. Yeah. And uh, I did not know that there was two more AMPRMs, which is advanced noting proposed ruling um, and something that starts with an M, in... FDA Magistrate. Terms. I don't know. Yeah, there we go. Proposed rulemaking. Yeah. That, that, that shows how poorly our government uses English. Rulemaking is one word, but they put two word, two letters to abbreviate it. Um, so the first one was calling for a reduction in cigarette nicotine levels. Okay. How do you even do that? There's so little tobacco in a cigarette anyway as it is. I don't think... Well, that's exactly how you do it. Because the nicotine in cigarettes doesn't come from the tobacco. I mean, certainly it started out that way, and there is a certain level in the tobacco, but that was kind of what the big tobacco companies came under fire for And when we started to learn all this stuff about how bad cigarettes are for us, is that they were putting those chemical additives. They were actually uh, increasing the nicotine levels artificially by just adding nicotine to it. So that's... How much of the cigarette addiction is nicotine and how much of it is the physical habit well it's a little bit of how many people do you know that are in the middle of a, of a stressful day at work and then have to step out back for a cigar very few, very if few any, almost right? none yeah. yeah it's the same physical habit not really yeah, I think it is because okay. it's the same. The lighting, it's the oral fixation, it's the ritual. That, that all is the same. Let's engage on this for a minute. My father tried for 20 years to quit smoking cigarettes. Do you know how he finally quit smoking cigarettes? Hard candy. He bought a guitar. Yeah. Because when he was trying to quit smoking, he did not know what to do with his hands. Yeah. And when he started playing guitar, when he would have the urge for cigarettes, when he'd be sitting there at night and it would be that time that he would really like to have a cigarette, he would go strum on that guitar. It's, but it's still replacement behavior. Now, yes, it, in this case, it has to do with the physical behavior, but it's that. But he was training his brain to replace going and having a cigarette with something else. It could have been doing a crossword puzzle, or it could have been anything else that wasn't necessarily dexterous to your fingers and could have had the same approach. Now, that being said, the physical part of it is strong. But I'm saying that that the the physical aspect of smoking a cigar is the same as smoking a cigarette, but you don't see the same level of addiction there, which leads me to believe that for the most part, it's a chemical addiction when it comes to cigarettes. We're going to have to agree to disagree because I believe that the reason the cigar is so different from the cigarette is the difference in five minutes and an hour. Well... You can't say, oh, man, I'm having a stressful time. Hey, boss, I'm going to take an hour and a half and go have a cigar. (laughs) But you can get away with, hey, I need five minutes out back to burn a cigarette. Right. So, you know, I can see that working that way. The other two ANPRMs, the second one was as pertained to flavored tobacco. And the flavored tobacco wouldn't bother me if they were just going after flavored cigars, but it also refers to pipe tobacco, and that's where it gets muddy. Yeah. Well, because they did the ban on flavored cigarettes, what, 10 years ago? When I was in college sometime. So it would have been over 10 years ago, probably 12. Because I remember, I remember when that came out because my roommate smoked um, not necessarily flavored cigarettes, but those like Turkish-infused that Camel made there for a while, and he stopped being able to get them. Right. Did he stop smoking, or did he just pick up a different no, cigarette? No, he just picked up a different cigarette. Exactly. That's exactly what the FDA does not understand. Right. 
and uh, outlaw flavored cigars, they'll just pick up a different cigar if they want to smoke cigars. But it also, but that is one case. That is one case where, where I do kind of understand their logic. Now, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand it because you look at flavors as being entry points. You know, how many people, how many times have we talked about people that come in here and you put them on a tobacco or, uh, you know, one of those flavors? So it, anytime it becomes an entry point, it becomes protect the kids. I mean, let's, now, again, I'm not saying I agree with their logic, but I at least see where they're going for it. If you've got a bunch of blueberry cigars, a kid is more likely to grab that than he is uh, Maduro, right? Well, not if his parents are raising him right, but you know how that goes. But that's my, <laughs> but this is, but also tends to be uh, demographically, people that smoke cigars typically come from non smoking households. True. Unlike cigarettes, where they almost exclusively come from smoking houses. Yeah, it's so. almost exclusively passed down. Right. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we will no longer talk about anything legislative. We're going to speak to the joy of cigars. I had such a great cigar experience this weekend. I want to share with everybody. Uh, Rocky Patel's announcing a new cigar. I want to talk about that. So much more to cover. Shane here with this week's Cigar Under $8. So this week I want to talk about a cigar in a size. Generally when we pick a cigar under eight, we go for a line of cigars, but this is a cigar size that really has enhances this cigar. It's the Rocky Patel 20th Anniversary Lancero. Now, have you had this? I have. A friend of ours here loves these. He's, he's probably smoked three boxes. And he puts one in poker occasionally, and he's given me a couple, and I've bought a couple. The Lance, This is the best example of the size of the cigar changing the flavor. The Lancero version in this is about $8 each, and all. there's actually a pack of five of them on um, Cigars International's 49 bucks. So it's a 7.5 by 38 ring gauge. And the thing with Lancero is you get so much more wrapper than what you get anywhere else. And that 20th wrapper is just wonderful. And that's, that's what all the cigar nerds always tell you about the Lancero and why it's the preferred size for so many people that are really into their cigars is because you do get so much more flavor out of that wrapper and you, your wrapper is a higher percentage of the total tobacco in the cigar. This is a Honduran cigar with a Honduran wrapper, binder, and filler. So it's got a different flavor of it, a little more exotic than what we standardly would smoke. But next time you're in your humidor, don't walk past the Rocky Patel 20th Anniversary Lancero. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane Reeves, sitting across the hardest working man in the cigar industry. I think there are a lot of people that disagree with that statement, <laughs> the, but I will wear it proudly. The unsung hero of this podcast. How's that? Is I'll, that better? I'll take that. I like it. But is the unsung hero not the best kind of hero to be? Oh, absolutely. Because if you're the sung hero, if you save a bus full of nuns and puppies, and then three weeks later you get arrested for punching a hooker, they're going to come down a little harder on you. I'd imagine that the person who's <laughs> doing the first act is probably not doing the second act. Eh, there's balance in life. All, in all aspects of life, we should seek balance. But I think there's too much pressure being the sung hero. Everyone expects, you know, okay, you saved a puppy today, but last week you saved a bus full of nuns. Like, what What gives? What, you are you having an off day? Yeah, slow day. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, I, I firmly believe that the unsung hero is the type of hero you should aspire to be. Well, it's like they, they always talk about, you know, sports has a lot of superstition and they talk about the the Sports Illustrated curse. You know, if you're if you're athlete of the year on the cover of Sports Illustrated, you typically I think it's depending on the sport, you either have a lackluster year the next year or you get injured. But there's the idea of the curse with being the sung hero, being the recognized. Same thing in wrestling. If you win the King of the Ring, you're doomed for a year. No, oh, yeah. somebody else wins that match. But coming back to the cigars, the reason we're here. I will say this LFD factory press is amazing. That Sumatra is still, I thought when I first lit it up, okay, I'm gonna get a big hit of Sumatra, 
because there, when you first light any cigar, you're going to get a a much larger shot of whatever's in it because you're lighting it with the hottest part of the flame. Yeah. You're making the longest draw. It don't have as much time to even out. The Sumatra has mellowed just a little, but it's still, this is a Sumatra cigar. No doubt in my mind. Excellent. More Sumatra per square inch in this cigar than any cigar I've ever smoked, I have no doubt. That's very cool. That's a, that's a great review. I, I, I stand by the fact that I definitely have to pick one up now. So, what about the Oliva? This is, this is not nearly as flavor forward as the cigar that you're smoking, but it is exactly what I wanted. You know, it's a Nicaraguan Puro, so it's getting a little bit of spice. This time on the back of the tongue tends to be, it's so flavorful. And that, that the wrapper on this just complements the blend so well. And I'm really glad that I went with the Churchill. Now, granted, I'm smoking it pretty fast. And uh, I'm just, it's really, it's, the flavor has not changed since I lit it up. And I like that in a cigar. So this weekend, I always like to ask you how was your weekend cigars, but this week I'm going to start with mine. I had one of those experiences you only get to have if you were a cigar smoker. All right. Sitting in my house, a buddy of mine gives me a call. He says, hey, having a little marital trouble, would like to come sit down, have a little talk, have some time together, have a talk with you. I said, awesome. I said, do you want to meet? You know, at Crown, do you want to meet at Casa? He lives a little ways away. I said, if you come to my house, I'm going to make you eat a ribeye steak and drink a little whiskey. So when he was at the house. (laughs) (laughs) But But you knew that was coming when you planted that seed. Yeah, there's nothing better than firing up a cigar and grilling steaks. And I made sweet potatoes and grilled cabbage and all the good stuff in life. How do you grill cabbage? Oh, man. So the super easy way is take and go get a bag of coleslaw that's just cabbage and carrots, put that and a stick of butter in a metal pan, seal it up, and throw it on the grill, and let it grill while you're grilling your steaks. takes about 30 minutes. It's soft. It's tender. That butter is melted into it. It's amazing. Hmm. Little salt, little pepper, you're wide open. But... So over the course of a couple of cigars, we really got to to hash down into what was going on and what was her fault, what was his fault, what was nobody's fault. and Just one of those things, there's no other tool besides a cigar and a ribeye steak that could have accomplished what I accomplished on Sunday. Right. And to me, that's an all-American cigar experience. Well, it goes back to the whole captive audience thing. It, it helps It helps pace the conversation. There's nothing worse than getting into one of those conversations that just goes on and on forever. And if you take the cigar away and replace it just with the whiskey, then that conversation degrades over a long enough timeline. Case in point, last night, uh, we went out to dinner after working out, and we were sitting outside on the patio because it was so nice. And there was uh, this particular restaurant has those garage doors, and there was a table sitting right inside, you know, elbows distance away from us, but separated by the wall. And those girls went on and on. Apparently, one of I, I know all the names of the people involved. I know the timeline. And it's just on again, off again, boyfriend who treats the girl like crap. And her, her friends are, you know, piling on. You need to do better. You need to do better. Yes, but I love him. And it's just... But there was nothing. They were just sitting at a table in a restaurant. There was nothing to to guide the conversation to anything constructive. And it was just. And we sat there. We dinner lasted probably about forty five minutes. And I must have heard the same parts of that story four or five times because there was just. Whereas a cigar, you go, okay, I'm getting a little close. I probably need to get to my point. It kind of helps you. It helps you organize things a little bit better. I think. Well, and it's also a great break because. At any point, if it's getting too deep or you're chasing a rabbit or you're going out of way, you can say, hey, so oh, how's that Cohiba treating you? Yeah. How's that? How's that? It's one of my favorites. I really, And you can give a little history of the cigar, and you can kind of retrieve your lure and get them back on track. Yeah. Really, it's, it was just a great Sunday, a great all-American cigar experience. Hard to, hard to think of any other way that that process could have occurred. Now, did it do any good? Who knows? But as our, our friend Jay Dresher's fond of saying, it let off some pressure. If, if, right. I did, if none of the advice I gave him sunk in, if none of the things I said mattered, and he just got a little bit of that pressure that he was feeling Sunday morning, 
off by the time he left my house at Sunday afternoon. I consider that a raving success. Yeah, absolutely. And so I was very happy about that. So, how was your weekend cigar? Oh. My, my weekend cigars has been, I've been hitting that box of Avos pretty hard, uh, but it's been so nice to be able to get back on the patio again. I have been spending just about every night this weekend at some point smoking a cigar out on the balcony, just quiet and dark, well, as quiet as I can be living right next to the freeway. Uh, so there are a couple of times in the conversation, huh, what was that? Because a big old Jake break and the semi comes through, you know. But it just, it's been so nice to get, to take my smoking outdoors again. So this week, Rocky Patel Sun Grown Maduro was announced to be the latest cigar to get the DeSocio treatment. What is the DeSocio treatment, you may ask? What's the DeSocio treatment? Thank you. I appreciate you asking. Thank you for playing along. And uh, DeSocio is a name uh, founded for Tom Sullivan's maternal grandfather from Alliance Cigar. So Alliance Cigar only releases these DeSocios, and he gets different retailers and, or excuse me, different manufacturers to make a DeSocio in part of their portfolio. Is it a yearly thing, like one manufacturer will do it this year and this, or does it build? It doesn't say in the article. Okay. And uh, it, but by saying this being the latest cigar, I got to think it's more, it's, you know, quarterly or Whatever whenever he can get somebody to agree to do it. Yeah. And uh, he um, opted to keep the name alive in 2013, but I always love, so this is the point of this article, is this is going to be a sun-grown Maduro DeSocio, five and three quarter by 46 Corona Gorda for eight and a quarter a cigar. Oh, that's not bad. So often when there's another handout in the cigar business, when it's not just, you know, Rocky Patel to me, when it's Rocky Patel and somebody else to me, I end up paying a little extra. But it looks like they've kept that pricing just right for this. Well, especially when it's like a special collaboration, something like that. It's a special release or, or something to that effect. That tends to drive the price up as well. Yeah, the Jonathan Drew um, Caldwell collaboration that came out this year, the All Out Kings, it was a good cigar, but because there was so many people taking a piece of the action, it was an overpriced cigar. Yeah. I mean, I just, I got to call a spade a spade. It was priced higher than what it was worth. You've also got two guys in that scenario that really like charging a premium for their cigar. Now, in the case of Caldwell's cigars, I've smoked the King is Dead, Long Live the King, and one of the other ones, I, I don't remember. I haven't smoked the All Out King just because of the price. But, you know, those those are not cheap cigars. Now, by all accounts, it, it's absolutely worth everything. And I would say for the ones that I've smoked, it's absolutely worth the price. He's using very, very high-quality tobacco. He's blending it well. He's constructing it well. I don't see any problem with that. And Jonathan Drew on the other side, you know, Drew Estate for their kind of midline tend to be a little bit higher than than comparable products on the same area. I don't I don't have a problem with that either because of the quality is is there. But you get those two guys together, you get a collaboration, you get two hands in the pot, you get special release and all of that on together you end up with a $22 cigar. Right. It just it, but it's good to see them that now the cigar industry is kind of recognizing that. Mhm. They're recognizing that, okay, just because it's a special edition doesn't mean we need to jack the price up. Right. And th- that makes a big difference. So, something else I want to talk about. Success. Now, what, you, you kind of teased this to me today before we were recorded. You sent me a text and said that you want to talk about su- success in cigars. I'm, I'm curious to find out what... what put this on your list so there's i i had a dream um you hear me talk about it all the time my parents have been very successful in life through a lot of hard work and also through taking calculated risks at certain times and the risks paying off and i had a dream where i was trying to figure out if my parents had not been successful how would that have colored my current life mm-hmm. And all, because I, I consider myself successful. You know, I run a good business. I, I get to do pretty much whatever I want. I, I, I consider myself successful. And I often wondered how much being raised by my parents and them having success influenced my success, mm-hmm. my ability to be successful, which then brings me to the cigar business. By and large, in a room right now, there's 25 people. Yeah, give or take. 
of the 25 people in here, I could pick out maybe two people I would not consider successful. But by that same token, they may consider themselves successful because everyone's everyone's definition of that is... What is your measure of success? It, it depends whether we're talking professionally or personally. You know, there's a lot that goes into that for me. Success for me is when your professional life allows you to lead the personal life you desire. That to me is success. And because how many of us have known the super rich guy whose only thought is, how can I make more money? Right. Okay, he's rich. That doesn't mean he's successful. Right. <laughs> and also, I always view success as the ability to have a profession in which allows you to lead the lifestyle you wish to lead. Well, I think it I think it also kind of boils down to the ease at which you're able to forget the word more. So if you're successful, you're content. At least for me, that's part of my def- definition is if I'm if I'm content with what I have and who I am, then clearly I'm I've got some measure of success. So that that being able to take the word more and go, you know what? I, maybe I don't need more. Maybe I don't need. Maybe I've got all the the time off to spend with my family that I want. I've got all the money to pay the bills that I want. My house is what I want to be living in. My car is what I want to be driving. These are all material things, certainly. But you've also got the the fact that those things can help you to be content with. I'm full when I finish a meal instead of constantly going hungry. Uh, I'm, I'm able to do the things that I want. I'm able to have some hobbies. I'm able to relax and unwind. And I'm al- able to allow the person I am internally be the person I am externally in all my affairs. I think that, I think that really plays into it. Well, and any business is going to have a couple of stages. The two primary stages of your business are going to be growing and going to be reaping. Same thing as farm. Mm-hmm. There was 10 years in my business that I was growing, that I was throwing energy into growing, that I was doing home shows, that I was not turning any projects down, no matter how bad they were, that I was going above and beyond to build a business. And now I'm in the reaping stage, and I can see on the horizon another building stage coming. Right. And I don't know what that'll look like, but I'm spending time figuring that out. Mm Mm-hmm. And to me, their success is like happiness. It's a mindset. Oh, absolutely. You know, I wouldn't want... And it's a matter of there are no free lunches. What are you willing to give up? You know, how many successful men do we know that weren't able to maintain a marriage during their success? Right, exactly. I mean, I think that's probably the most common one. And so, as it replies to your cigar, it's nice to be able to surround yourself with successful people? Well, you know, I I don't consider myself to be successful yet. I'm building towards successful, but I wouldn't say I'm there. You know, to me, success is a little bit of a destination. Certainly, it's the journey, and I'm on that, and I'm I'm very comfortable with where I am, but I wouldn't say, if someone says, are you successful? No, but I'm going to be soon. So even, even in times when I was further down that ladder than even to the point of really not being successful and being around people who were was something that I always enjoyed and cigars afforded me that. Now, here's the guy you don't want to be. Don't be the guy that looks at the success of others and laments your own lack of it. No, you know, it's... I used to, when I was listening to the Adam Carolla show, I would hear him talk about some facsimile of this, which is, you know, we used to look at the guy in the Mercedes and go, man, work hard and one day you'll have that. You know, if you work hard enough, if you, if you play your cards right, then you can be that person. And we've turned into a people, by and large, who look at that guy and go, man, what did, what did he have to do to get that? Who did he have to squash? Who did he have to step on? What a nasty person to, to, you know, he could have bought a Camry and donated the rest of it. You know, we, we, we villainize success to a certain extent. I don't ever want to be that person, and, and I, I tend not to hang out with people who do. Well, but it is human nature. You know, we spoke of human nature earlier, and it is human nature to see somebody and say, oh, man, 
he just pulled in here in a 2015 Jaguar with all of the trimmings and everything like that. And that what's what he am, a Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> well, <laughs> what what am I doing that this guy? What is this guy doing that I'm not? Well, it's the difference between coveting and aspiring. You know, there's a difference between seeing someone who has something you want and thinking if I'm going to work hard enough to get that because it's what I want, but I'm seeing it in someone else versus must be nice. Just coveting it without wanting to do anything to get there, wanting it to be spoon fed or, or, or handed out. Well, and so remember, it's more important when you're smoking your cigar, when you're choosing your compatriot with which you're going to share this hour, hour and a half, that you choose someone who is happy rather than successful. Not necessarily. Depends what you're trying to get out of it. I mean, the, the great thing about the cigar shop is that it's an equalizer, right? And we've talked about this before. You can be sitting next to a master painter and a millionaire attorney and a world-renowned physician and a plumber and a student and a, a general contractor, and you all have this commonality, and you're all at, you know, ranging in age from 22 to 62, and there's something that can be gathered from each of those relationships. And are you looking for professional advice? Are you looking to connect with people that are successful so you can glean a little bit of that wisdom? Or are you looking on a personal level to just spend some time with people who maybe just kind of have their stuff together? You know, and, and happiness and success tend to go hand in hand. They don't always. It depends on your personal definition of success and your personal definition of happiness. Well, you know, I had a painter one time. Great guy. And he told me, he said, yeah, he said, my son, he said, he's, he's a professional fisherman. He don't make any money. He travels all the time. He's always on the road. He's not settling down and raising a family. And I said, but dude, he's fishing for a living. Yeah. (laughs) You know, his picture of success for his son was not that he was, you know, he's living life. He's getting to fish for a living. He's getting to go to exotic locations. He's got sponsors. No, he's not socking $100,000 a year away in the bank, but he's making a living and he's fishing for a living. And that's success. And he's happy. And he's happy. And that, to me, that's as much success as the guy that sells an apartment complex for $6 million and pockets half the money and walks on with life. Right. I mean, I, I don't think you can be successful without having happiness. I do think you can be happy without being successful, though. Yes, and, I, and it does come down to, you know, this week I'd like, you know, as we, as with podcasts, I love podcasts, I love the medium because it generates thought. And this week as you're kind of generating thought, think about what your success looks like. Because I don't think people necessarily think about that enough. Yeah, well, I think you maybe think about it too much. You tend to get a little existential on us a little bit. Where I, I think you you are the definition of the examined man. Nothing happens by accident to shame. And so I, I think it's funny. Some people listen to a podcast just to listen to a podcast. So I love the idea that you're th- that everyone's like, huh, I wonder about that point. I wonder about that. Yeah, in my in my mind, that's what's going on there. Hey, that Shane really brings up a good point. It is. Is the 60 hours a week that I'm working really worth it? Because I'm, by definition, missing 20 hours a week that I could be having cigars, floating a canoe down the river, you know, whatever. Well, that 60 hours a week, is that leading to success or is that working to prevent failure? Now, that's an important distinction. Yeah. Are you trying to be successful or are you trying to prevent failure? And here's the fact. It's, it's the old football thing of playing to win versus playing not to lose. Yeah, and here's the fact of the matter. Preventing failure puts failure in your life. And the fact of the matter is you never fail till you quit. Right. Well, and it, 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 it's kind of like riding a bike, right? When you're riding a bike, you want to look forward. Because if you start to look to the left or to the right, you're going to go to the left or to the right. So success is like that. If you're focused on success, yeah, you're going to have some speed bumps and you're going to have some twists and turns along the way. 
but as long as you're focused on that success, you're always going to be headed generally in that direction. If your focus is on failure, even if it's to prevent failure, you're still looking over your shoulder the whole time and you don't know where you're going. It's an interesting thought process I had this week. My brother and I had an in-depth discussion about about success, about how success can bring into your life and all that. And I wanted to share that on the podcast this week. So, so as we're coming to the end of the pod, I want to remind everybody about our contest. Yeah, you can be successful in naming a fake cigar. You can create your own cigar and you can win a free ashtray. And all. It's one of the Romeo Nicaraguan ashtrays. It's a nice one. Every week I say I'm going to put a post on Facebook, and I have not done it just yet, but I will do it this week. You're going to be spending some extra time at home this week, so I have a feeling you'll probably get around to it. Yeah, I'll make I'll make time. I should probably be spending some extra time at the office. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll make some time to do it. Yeah, so basically the idea is... You know, come up with a cigar that doesn't exist, but you think should. You know, the cl- clever name kind of is what we're going for, but also tell us what, where it came from, what manufacturer you think it would fit in line with, or if there's not one, make one up. You know, give us kind of the origin, the backstory of it. Tell us what you're thinking. And I'm looking, as, as always, I'm looking to dig deep. Um, it's easy to shock and all utilizing profanity. And all, it's easy to say to to have that. It's easy to self-deprecate. It's hard to actually come up with the Drew Estate gym rat, the Solomon that has the 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 yoked out rat on the label. You're really proud of that one, aren't I'm, you? I'm really proud of that yeah. one. I, but that, I actually created the contest because I kept thought of that cigar. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, on next week's episode, I'll bring an example. I haven't thought of one yet, but I'll bring an example next week. In the meantime, to send all of those submissions or to get a hold of us for anything else, tell us what you like about the show or dislike about the show. Um, Hopefully, there's more of the former and less of the latter. Or to ask us a question, suggest topic for future show, drop us a line, info at thecigarcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook at the cigar, or no, Facebook.com slash the cigarcast, Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast. Well, everyone, it's been a great show. Thank you all for listening. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us.